the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know you are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. It is a joy to serve you. It is a joy to bless your holy name. And it's a joy to speak about you. And I pray this day will touch the hearts of the listeners so that they will rejoice in you as well. Lord, I love this season where people are acting nicer to each other. And I pray that they are, more importantly, open to your word and to the power of your spirit in their lives. So I pray, touch them, Lord, Even with this broadcast, touch them. I thank you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, good morning, good morning. It is great to be here again. Last week, we had Rabbi Stuart Winograd, who uh, I thought was going to tell us all about his ministry, and yet he told us how he came to know the Lord and about the wonderful personal relationship that started between he and the Lord. And and we want to continue, but we also want to hear about the ministry. So let me just mention to you once again that I'd love to see you get the Hanukkah Haggadahs so that you can invite you, not only for you to celebrate Hanukkah, which is great, because Yeshua is the light of the world, and, and the Haggadahs will bring that out. But also to invite your pre-believing Jewish friends, co-workers, uh, the people you know, and invite them to one of the eight nights of Hanukkah. You have eight nights to do this. So, and and maybe they'll teach you the tune. Though, you know, you can go to our website at shereshtavi.org and hear the blessings so that you can sing them and learn them in Hebrew, you can do that and, and go to our our website and, and so that you can be a pro when they come, right? <laughs> okay, let me welcome again Rabbi Stuart Winograd to the show. Always delight to be with you, Steve. So if you weren't here 
last week, just know that you need to listen to the show. I, I can't repeat what we said because uh, it, it was just so good. And, and so you need to go back and, and listen to it. But we're going to continue because I want you to hear about what Rabbi Stewart is doing in terms of ministry. We heard that he came to the Lord. We heard that he started the these group of pregnancy centers. We heard that he started a Messianic congregation. But what happened? How did you get across the world? Well, you know, in uh, 1994, uh, after hearing from our good friend Jonathan Burness that uh, our Jewish people were very open in the former Soviet Union. Chantal and I were very excited, my wife and I, to uh, go on our first ever overseas ministry trip. We went with Jonathan to Minsk, Belarus. Belarus is a former Soviet republic located between Russia and Poland. And uh, God had already prepared our hearts for what he was going to speak loud and clear in Minsk, and that was that I want you to move here with your four children and shepherd my people Israel and all that will come to the Lord along with them. Okay, that's got to be God because I wouldn't move anywhere with four children, (laughs) not even across the street. (laughs) It was not an easy task, but I can tell you it was supernatural from beginning to end. Uh, It was confirmed by all of our leaders and significant people in our lives God showed us supernaturally who would take over the uh, network of pregnancy care centers. He showed us supernaturally who who would take our little homestead. We had a homestead in upstate New York with cows and chickens and sheep and who would take care of that for us. And uh, he showed us who would take over the congregation in Syracuse. And, of course, we didn't tell all these people you're going to do it. That's not the way to do it. We just prayed and opened the door for them, and they stepped in because it was a God thing. And then he, uh, we received a, a stipend from Hero Israel Ministries, but we had to raise our own money as well. And God spoke to us, and he said, it's time to hurry. And uh, in October, uh, we went in August of 1994, In October of 1994, the calling was confirmed, and the Lord said, go in February. Man, we moved quick, and we like to move quick, Chantal and I. We we like to put on our sneakers and run for the Lord, you know. And so uh, God orchestrated all this. We worked hard. Uh, It was tough for some of our kids, of course, uh, but uh, they eventually all said, you know, if God's calling us, let's go, you know. And uh, they were between 7 and 13 years old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was uh, it was really just God's grace. And uh, speaking of God's grace, you know, the Lord spoke to us about we had only one doubt in our mind. We said to him, we're ready to go when he called us, but we have our four children. And that was our only hesitation. And the Lord spoke to us through many ways, and he kind of summarized it like, uh, I have rivers and pools and springs of grace that flow for you and your children in Minsk, Belarus, that do not flow so freely for you in America. I'll love you if you stay in America, but these rivers and pools and springs of grace, they flow big for you and your kids in Belarus. If you will radically obey me, I will pour this out on your family. Wow, radical. I love that thought radical obeying and and it still makes me think of 
inviting your Jewish friends to Hanukkah, that would be a radical obeying too, wouldn't it? Okay, I didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> your thinking, but I'm uh, with you on it. I, you know, I just want to see our Jewish people hear about Yeshua and and. You out there in Radio Land are the people who can do this. And and so um, I, I just ask that you would really consider this. Okay, let's go back to the story. I, what what happened? And that's, that is our passion, Steve. Our passion and our mandate from God is to bring the good news of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, the Savior of the world, to our Jewish people who have never heard. And they had never heard in Minsk, Belarus. And uh, all through that nation, really, or just heard for the first time on that right. outreach festival. And so uh, we moved there with a passion to make disciples, to bring the good news and to make disciples. And uh, we also came to a country where so many Jewish people and non-Jewish people were leaving the former Soviet Union. We'd meet them in America before we left, and they said, we're all running from there. Why are you going there? And we said, because God wants us to love on the people and so that they could know about life abundant and life eternal in Yeshua. And uh, so we went with our four children uh, in uh, February of 1995. God said, all the funds you need for the first uh, uh season will be there by the first week in February. That had me a little nervous because he wanted us to buy our tickets before that. So we obeyed in faith. And, oh, my goodness. And uh, all the money was there the first week in February. And uh, we took off with with great confidence in our Lord. You know, he had shown himself faithful many times before and again. In this area of life and in every aspect of life, you can trust Yeshua. He is faithful. We're not always faithful, but Amen. he is faithful. And so we we hit the ground running, and uh, uh, God was moving powerfully. And I believe it was in fulfillment of prophetic words uttered by prophets like the Jewish prophet Jeremiah and and Isaiah and others 2,500, 700 years before that God would be causing a great exodus from the land of the north, he mentions in Jeremiah sixteen fourteen to 16. You put your finger on Jerusalem, go north, you're in the former Soviet Union. So he talks about this great exodus back to the land of Israel and approximately one million uh, uh, Soviet Jews immigrated to Israel in the 90s when the communist empire was torn apart and fell right. apart. But he also said he would send fishermen to catch them. And we know Yeshua said he was going to make us fishers of men. And we understood in some small way he was allowing us in on this prophetic fulfillment to fish for his Jewish people uh, in the land of the north, the former Soviet Union. And at this Union. time they allowed you in on, on this basis that you were going to – I mean, what did you have to do with the government in order to get in? <laughs> That was very complicated and a very long story. But in short, uh, we became very close with the Holocaust survivors of Belarus very quickly. And the leaders of the organization uh, invited us into the country because you need an official invitation to stay past a three-month visa. And so they invited us into the country. And uh, good dear friends in a Pentecostal denomination said they would cover our work legally in the religious end. So we had our humanitarian end and our invitation from the Holocaust survivors supernaturally happening quickly, and the legal and the, as they call it, religious end to do 
my teaching and preaching and evangelizing the Pentecostal Union covered. So when you first got there, did you have people serving with you or were you alone or? Yeah, we had met some people and uh, Jonathan had introduced us some people. And uh, so uh, we gathered up a small team and we just hit the ground running and God And what I wanted to point out, in fulfillment of this prophetic word in Jeremiah and other places, God was pouring out his spirit, you know. And to give you an example, uh, during our first filah, water baptism, water immersion service, we probably were immersing about 25 people, probably more than half of them Jewish. And Yep. And uh, uh, there's a Jewish woman sitting, watching. And nobody prayed for her, but God's presence was thick. Steve, I did not experience this in North America when I was here, I, and I would, was walking with the Lord already 20 years. This woman had a growth quite big on her hand, and it started going down during our water immersion service, nobody praying for her. In three days, it was completely gone. She surrendered her life to Yeshua, opened her home for a home group, and this Jewish woman served the Lord till the end of her days on the earth. And we were seeing many things like this happening, just signs and wonders and miracles. That's amazing. I, I, I mean, I just love to hear this. It, it's such a faith builder when you hear how God works in, in this way. So so what happened? Uh, you started a congregation there, didn't you? So we started a congregation in Minsk, but we also came to a land where people, and I began to share this, where people were broken and living in utter poverty, the average wage at that time was about $60 per month, not enough to feed a couple well, you know. So people were impoverished. They were disillusioned because communism had lied to them. They were told that uh, most Americans in capitalism, they live in cardboard boxes, you know, uh, like, you know, the homeless on the streets. So they had been fed a bunch of lies, and they were broken, but they were interested in this new wave. Every kind of spirituality came into the land. And so we proclaimed Messianic Jewish Messiah, the Jewish Messiah who is the Savior of, of all. And we began different kinds of outreaches, and we began to serve the poor and the needy. And uh, God just was blessing. And uh, we began a home group structure and uh, I remember after a couple of years, the home groups went from 12 to 24 uh, just, you know, so quickly. And it's not even like my great skill or my great faith. It's God just doing. We're hanging on to him, Steve. And uh, in the 12 years that we lived there, by the grace of God, uh, we saw more than 400 people born again into the kingdom, immersed in water and growing in the Lord. There were a few hundred more that prayed to receive Yeshua, but we're not counting those because they didn't move forward with the Lord. Half of them were Jewish. Wow. Now, what what were the ministries that were born from this congregation? Okay, well, uh, we birthed three other congregations as well. Okay. So there's four in Belarus, but uh, uh, I had a tremendous heart for the Holocaust survivors, and so did my wife. And so we began serving the Holocaust survivors almost immediately, and that's why they became our friends and invited us into the country every single year. To this day, they are the ones who invite us into Belarus. You mean you have to be invited every year again? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. I need an invitation if I want to stay more than a short period of time. Yeah. And so we lived there till 2007. We uh, 
We've been loving on the Holocaust survivors of Belarus for 22 years. In addition, through my wife, God birthed uh, Compassion and Mercy Ministries to orphans, to children and their families battling cancer and the impoverished. And we also had a real focus on youth and young adults to raise up an army holding up the banners of love and truth of youth and young adults. So explain to me what it means to love on Holocaust survivors. What does that look like? I mean, Yeah, I want to tell you about that because, uh, as I mentioned last time, the modus operandi of Reach Initiative International, this is what we teach, try to model, train our more than 120 uh, volunteer staff and disciples in three nations actually now, in Belarus, India, and Israel. I'll tell you a little bit more about India and Israel a little bit later. Uh, but this is what it looks like. Uh, I'll use the Holocaust survivors as an example. To love them, bring them comfort, meet their practical needs, give them opportunities to celebrate Jewish feasts together, give them uh, the practical help that they need in terms of uh, personal care items, clothing, food, help them to get to the doctor, help them with getting the eyeglasses that they need, and just, but always in the back. We're loving unconditionally, but in the back of our minds and always in our prayers, we're seeking to love them into the kingdom of God. And so I want to encourage people to go to the homepage of our website, reachii.org, R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org, and uh, on that homepage, you're going to see a video called Holocaust Survivors Share. And what they share is that, and most Holocaust survivors are lonely and feel forgotten. We become family to them. And the last uh, story, many of them are, are sharing their impressions of our ministry. We send cards to them. Uh, we celebrate with them, as I mentioned. But the last story was Yefsei. Yefsei was an atheist when we met him. He was 89 years old. He was an officer in the Soviet atheistic communistic forces. And when we first came to him and started uh, developing a relationship, he said, you know, I like you and your people, but don't tell me any of your fairy tales from the Bible. You know, I don't want to hear that nonsense. And uh, over time, just kept loving, serving, meeting his practical needs, being a friend, being family. Yefsei wanted to know what makes us tick. And so we would give him little things to read about our Yeshua, who's the lo- one who motivates us to love and serve. And uh, over time, he wanted more. And he said this in the end of the video. He said, Tanya was the one, she's our coordinator on the ground. We have a whole team of 30 volunteers and five staffs just serving Holocaust survivors. He said she would come, we would have tea. She gave me some literature that opened my eyes to new things. And uh, I was an atheist, but now I've rejected atheism. I believe there is a God. He has a son, and I'm a follower of his son. Wow, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, just... Being here with you, I was thinking of a story that I'd like you to tell that touched our congregation uh, here in Tampa. We have sent uh, some of our young people to work with you, and I remember one of them was Talia, and um, she told this story about this one man who 
Do you know the story I'm referring to? The one where uh, he was not in touch with any of his family. They lived in the States. Which one? I'm, okay, so remind I, me because I got a lot of stories. That, I, I'm going to have to tell that story. So, <laughs> so Talia, who I guess was about 19 or 20 when she went, um, she they she met this one very much. Well, Talia came to our camps. Well, every year we have camps that serve 120 kids and teens, and we invite young people like Talia to join with our. 35 or so young adults who are camp workers. By the way, camps. okay, so we'll go that d- direction. <laughs> uh, so do you still need people to go each year? I mean, do you want some people from our audience? Yeah, we welcome, uh, you know, up to about 7 to 10 of young people, and uh, this camp is every— uh, What age group do you want the volunteers to be? The volunteers need to be 18 to 30-ish, okay. and— uh, they come and join their peers in Belarus that are 18 to 30-ish, that are camp workers. And uh, this is usually in July. We'll have the uh, dates up on our website. Uh, I think next week, actually, we're just finalizing uh, the dates right now with the uh, base that we're working at. And we serve 110 teens and children. It's fun-packed, but even more, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, loves to visit this camp. Amen. We're doing our 14th annual this oh summer. My. That's incredible. So come join incre- us. Well, I know that for Talia, it was, uh, who's gone, I think, twice. Yes. Um, the experience has been life-changing for her. and uh, But she told this one story about this fellow who um, was told by the Russian government he couldn't write any more to his family in the United States. Oh, yes. That's Leonid, the Holocaust survivor. Okay, okay. I got you now. So, and so, out of, so when the, the people who were visiting him said, okay, well, we'll try and connect with your family. And, I mean, how is that going to be even possible? He doesn't know where they live. Uh, I mean, but they did some research, the, the youth who came back. They actually found the family. The family next year went to Russia. My wife, Chantal, orchestrated that whole thing after Mara and Talia and all of them found the relatives. Then my wife orchestrated the whole thing for these relatives to come to be with Leonid, who hadn't seen them and didn't know if they were alive. And the communists forbid him to communicate. And he had a stone on his heart feeling like he, his relatives thought that he had rejected them. And then he passed away the the year later, I think. Yeah, but, you know, before he passed away, you know what he said to me? He said, my life has been to go anywhere and everywhere to tell about what kind of horrors we lived in the Holocaust so that people would never forget and it would never repeat. He said, but now I have two missions in life. I want to tell the world what you, Rabbi Stewart and Chantal and your teams do for the Holocaust survivors here in Belarus and in Israel, because what you do, nobody's doing. That was his opinion. I'm sure others are doing uh, doing similar. Uh, look, this is great. We still haven't gotten to what you're doing now. Hey. Oh, don't tell me I have to invite you back again. Steve, we're going to have to have a big lunch after uh, well, this. That's then, all. Absolutely. <laughs> well, look, um, what what can I tell you? Go to reach, R-E-A-C-H-I-I, two I's, okay? Reachii.org. 
and and you'll see some of the things that are going on. It's amazing the the favor that Stuart and his wife Chantel have. Um, and, and you'll want to bless them. <laughs> Look, you can just hit the donate button on their website and they'll be happy to add you as a friend to the, the team that is supporting what they're doing. But the best is yet to come. And I guess that's going to have to be next week because we don't have any time left. Get the Hanukkah Haggadahs. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. And make sure that this week you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. So let us pray together. Amen. Abba, Father. Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. The God of Israel Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.